Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Monday, July 5th, 2021. Let's take a look at today's charts. Uh, at number one, we got BTC at $34,353, down 2.2%. Ethereum at number two, $2,285, up 0.40%. Tether at number three, $1. Number four, Binance Coin, $300.36, down 1%. Cardano at number five, $1.42, down 0.52%. Dogecoin at number six, uh, 24 cents, down 2.46%. XRP at number seven, 67 cents, down 1.10%. USD coin, number eight, $1. Polkadot at number nine, $15.62, down 0.91%. And last, Uniswap at number 10, $20.42. 46 percent, 40.46 uh, up. Let's take a look at the crypto fear and greed index. Uh, a crypto and fear greed index is extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity, and when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for a correction. So at now it is 29 for fear. Yesterday was 27 for fear. Last week was 25 for extreme fear. And last month was 24 for extreme fear. So before we head into the articles, I just want to say thank you to all my subscribers. Thank you to all the listeners and watchers for Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Um, everyone's been giving me a lot of support and feedback about the YouTube channel, as well as the Spotify, Apple, and also Google Podcasts. So thank you so much for all your input. Again, please comment down below if you are interested in some other crypto news or updates that you want to see in the future. All right, let's take a look at six articles today. Article number one is when can Bitcoin reclaim $41,000? Article two is Philippine Stock Exchange aims to be the country's platform for crypto trading. Article three is US SEC commissioner says Bitcoin ETF approval long overdue. Uh, article four is Coinbase competitor strike crypto exchange promises better services. Article five, crypto independence, the currency for black financial freedom. And last article six is the main topic, the NFT market collapse. What happened and what can we learn from it? All right, let's get to it. Article number one, when can Bitcoin reclaim $41,000? So, Bitcoin's recent fall in mining hash rate was one of its sharpest declines since its inception, with the same being discussed in a recent article. While the king coin has noted constant selling pressure by traders and miners alike, big players have been called upon to rescue the world's largest digital asset from its latest lows. Having said that, BTC noted a recovery as buyers returned to the market. In fact, BTC's movement led to the formation of an ascending triangle and upward breakout was on the cards. At the time of writing, BTC traded at $35,449, up by 5% over the last 24 hours. So since touching a low of 28,600 on 22 June, Bitcoin has done well to reclaim lost ground. Minor corrections have been regular in the market but BTC managed to find support at higher levels of 30,000 and 33,000. This formed the lower treadline of BTC's ascending triangle. 
the upper trend line of pattern represented a resistance zone of $36,000. A close above this level could trigger an upwards breakout from the pattern and push BTC towards its 78.6% Fibonacci extension present around the $37,460 mark. However, BTC did face some short-term challenges. Its current price level clashed with the 61.8% Fibonacci extension and the 4-hour 200 SMA green. Interestingly, this area also coincided with the 12-hour 50 SMA not showing and was a crucial area to retake for the bulls. So what's the reasoning? Well, BTC indicators suggested the possibility of an upwards price swing moving forward. Directional movement index maintained a bullish narrative as plus DI and minus DI diverged at the time of writing. ADX picked up the 16 and meant that BTC could see some sideways movement before a stronger trend emerged. Relative strength index recently entered bullish territory as buying pressure seeped into the market. Finally, squeeze momentum indicator noticed rising momentum on the buyer side. These were positive signs for BTC and the same would be amplified in case of a rise above key levels in the coming sessions. A close above $37,000 $37, could initiate a comeback towards 14th June swing high of $41,000, something that would represent gains of 16% from its current price level. However, Bulls must also be cautious of the next wave of selling pressure as losing out on the 38.2% Fibonacci level, $32,900, would invalidate the pattern and diminish chances of a favorable outcome. So what's the conclusion? BTC had to surpass some short-term hurdles in an attempt to reclaim $41,000, but the indicators did tilt towards a bullish outcome. However, traders must be cautious of getting too optimistic. If the next wave of selling pressure drags BTC below the $33,000 mark, its bullish setup would be negated. So what do you think? When can Bitcoin reclaim $41,000? Do you think it's going to happen in July, in August, or do you think it's going to take longer than that? Comment down below if you have an idea. Let's take a look at article number two. Philippine Stock Exchange aims to be country's platform for crypto trading. So the Philippine Stock Exchange, TSE, has reportedly acknowledged that cryptocurrency is an asset class that can no longer be ignored and amid increased interest in Bitcoin and other crypto assets among Filipinos. PSC President and CEO Ramon Manzon said that the local bourse should also be country's exchange platform for digital assets and that the matter has already been discussed in a top management meeting, according to CNN Philippines. Monzon also cited the reasons why an exchange for cryptos should be conducted at the PSE. Quote, it's because we have the trading infrastructure, but more important, we'll be able to have investor protection safeguards, especially with a product like crypto, Monzon explained. So uh, to date, the Banco Central Neng Filipinas has green-lighted 17 cryptocurrency exchanges to operate in the country. In January, the central bank tightened its rules on crypto assets amid a surge of interest in digital assets. Quote, we have been accelerating growth in the use virtual currency exchanges in the past three years, and it's high time that we broaden the scope of existing regulations in recognition of the evolving nature of this financial innovation and set out consumer 
Risk Management Expectations, BSP Governor Benjamin Diongno said. So Filipinos are attracted to crypto volatility. Monzon noted that cryptocurrencies have no fundamentals, but many Filipinos are attracted to this new asset class because of its volatility. To quote, it's all about capital gains, meaning the price I get from my crypto is the price you are willing to pay. So a lot of people are attracted to that because of the volatility. Monzon warned of the dangers of instant riches, though. He said that there should be any uh, structured cryptocurrency trading in the Philippines it should be under PSE's watch. The Philippines saw increased interest in Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies after the flagship cryptocurrency hit new highs this year. The top crypto soared to over $63,000 in April before dropping to around $30,000 following billionaire Elon Musk's comment on the environmental impact of Bitcoin and China's crackdown on mining farms. So what do you guys think about Philippine Stock Exchange aims to be the country's platform for crypto trading? Uh, let me know if your country is thinking about their stock exchange trying to be the country's platform for crypto trading. Or are they just going to use the exchanges? Comment down below and let me know what you think. Let's take a look at Article 3. U.S. SEC Commissioner says Bitcoin ETF approval long overdue. So the SEC Commissioner, Hester Pierce, says that the regulator should have approved a Bitcoin exchange traded fund ETF in the U.S. a long time ago. She emphasized that it is not the SEC's job to approve or reject applications based on the merits of the underlying investment itself. People should make their own decisions whether to buy Bitcoin, said the commissioner. So the SEC commissioner wants Bitcoin ETF approved. A commissioner with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, Hester Pierce, talked about the prospects of the SEC approving a Bitcoin exchange traded fund in an interview with CNBC on Thursday. Pierce is also known in the crypto circle as Crypto Mom. The SEC has yet to approve a Bitcoin ETF. However, the industry is hopeful that things will change this year since the SEC has a new chairman, Gary Gensler who taught crypto and blockchain courses at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT. Commissioner Pierce described, quote, I thought if we had applied our standards as we have applied them to other products, we would already have approved one or more of them. With each passing day, the rationale that we have used in the past for not approving seems to grow weaker. So the commissioner has previously stated that she sees a double standard at the SEC when it comes to Bitcoin products. She explained that the SEC is asking exchanges and would-be Bitcoin ETF sponsors for more assurance that what it asks for traditional equity-based products. People of a regulatory mindset, when they encounter something new like this, say, oh, wait a minute, the market for Bitcoin looks a bit different than the markets we're used to. Pierce opined. She agreed and disagreed with the SEC's decision to reject a Bitcoin ETF application by the Winklevoss twins back in 2018, noting that the Bitcoin market now looks more like an established market that has more participation from institutional and mainstream retail investors, Pierce remarked. Quote, I think the markets have matured a quite a bit. In May, Pierce said, we're seeing more interest coming from institutional quarters than we have in the past. I think that we will continue. As people are looking to diversify their portfolios, I think people are also likely to look more to the crypto space. 
So Pierce is not alone. Investment banks and fund managers are seeing the same trend and a growing number of them have begun investing in Bitcoin or offering crypto services to clients, including Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and Citigroup. The commissioner emphasized that it is not the SEC's job to approve or reject applications based on the merits of the underlying investment itself, especially if exchanges are meeting statutory uh, requirements for protecting investors from fraud. Pointing out that Bitcoin now is so decentralized, the number of nodes that are involved in Bitcoin is large. And the number of people who have an interest in keeping that work decentralized is very large, Commissioner Pierce concluded. So, quote, people should make their own decisions. If people don't want to buy Bitcoin because they think it's manipulated, they shouldn't buy Bitcoin. So what do you think about the SEC? The U.S. SEC commissioner says Bitcoin ETF approval is long overdue. I know uh, some other countries like Canada have already approved many ETFs, uh, especially Bitcoin and crypto ETFs. How about your country? Comment down below if you think they have already or if you think this year they will approve. All right. Uh, before we move on to the next round of articles, I just want to take the time to say thank you to all my supporters. I've been looking at the analytics, especially in the podcast realm, and I see a lot of uh, listeners in the States, especially on the West Coast in California, in Seattle, and also on the East Coast around Florida, New York and also in the middle, central Texas. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, shout out to all my Asian uh, supporters, whether you're in China, Philippines, as well as in Singapore and Malaysia and Indonesia. And of course, my European crew. Uh, I see you guys in Switzerland, Denmark, and also in England. I see a few people in Africa and also South America, but I'd like to get those numbers up. So please like, share, and subscribe, and let your friends know or family know that the crypto take, Dave's daily crypto take will be unbiased news. And I'm just going to be giving out news from all around the crypto world. So again, thank you so much. And let's get back to it. Article number four, Coinbase competitors strike crypto exchange promises better services. So the two main points about this article is one, Strike promises better commissions than Coinbase for Bitcoin payments. And two, Strike supports the El Salvador government for joining the cryptocurrencies. The fight between cryptocurrencies and crypto exchanges is increasing as merchants use the tokens as savings. While the Bitcoin price does not exceed its $40,000 mark, this does not discourage new crypto investors. Bitcoin is experiencing a downtrend after climbing between $65,000 in April. However, Coinbase admits that it continues to earn millions of dollars from transaction fees. Strike CEO Jack Mullers is trying to be the competition for the San Francisco-based crypto exchange, Strike, with Mullers announces that it will allow trading Bitcoin with almost zero commissions. This would be the perfect strategy for thousands of Coinbase users to migrate to the new platform. So Mahler's warnings towards Coinbase. Strike CEO warns that he does not believe that the leading cryptocurrency platform can compete with its low fees. Strike also gained fame by announcing that it would work alongside the El Salvador government to seeking to admit Bitcoin in the country. Mahler's warned that BTC buyers pay high commissions at Coinbase. They are paying to subsidize the company and the life of other cryptocurrencies. So what's the 
difference, Strike commissions versus Coinbase. Mahler's explains Strike and the fee of transfers between cryptocurrencies and buy, sell. Strike will charge 0.3% for Bitcoin transactions, while Coinbase earns 4% for the same transaction. The client will not only save on money payments, but will also have a more secure exchange system. Strike, according to Mahler's, will not give money to companies, although it also undermines PayPal, Swan, Bitcoin, and Square's cash. Strike may hit its low commission cryptocurrency initiative and increase the number of customers. However, the company faces a cryptocurrency genius who's been around for a long time. Coinbase platform was founded in 2012. The crypto exchange practically started the crypto boom and has collected over 56 million users. The platform supports most cryptocurrencies, small or large, for safe trading. In April, Strike listed its shares on NASDAQ, making it famous. By May, the platform generated $1.8 billion in revenue, increasing its profits to almost 1,000%. Without a doubt, this crypto platform is a giant on crypto technology and has gained so much importance. But the announcements by Strike sound promising for the new crypto investor to join the market. Strike can also gain priority among the thousands of El Salvadorans entering the cryptocurrency market in the coming months. So yes, Coinbase competitor Strike crypto exchange promises better services. Can you believe that? 0.3% on the commissions versus 4% on Coinbase. Let me know down below in the comments if you think you want to move over to that exchange in the future. All right, article number five. Crypto independence, the currency for Black financial freedom. The new frontier is digital, which means newly blazed trails have fewer highway robbers who are often cops that can select victims based on race. So here, I assumed since the end of the Civil War, every Black American has a, had a strong opinion on what freedom looks like. I also presume it entails some form of financial prosperity. In our summer adjustment to congregating again, the new abnormal will surely create interesting conversations where all disagreements will agree to follow the money. While there's probably no avoiding beer-fueled arguments ranging from the NBA to the CDC, there are a few new contenders out to dominate discourse at cookouts. This might be the first Independence Day where MMA is discussed more than boxing and air fryer afikondas compete with grill masters for plate equity. Sometime after the sober first round of life updates, during the waiting period before the main meal, one might find a diverse huddle of AF AF1s, Stan Smiths, and assorted Jays mixed with all air shell toe leather sandals and a few designer flats with freshly polished nails, all gathering to discuss this crypto thing. The bandwagon experts will eventually expose their limitations of the space by overusing Bitcoin examples, and the savvy investors will raise the exchange rate with commentary worthy of CNBC. By the way, please properly acknowledge the cousin who was trying to explain the space to everyone years ago and is annoyed by your newfound excitement. In my lifetime, I've watched Black people be late and loud about plenty of business trends. I tend to scroll past IG LLC gangster gurus who apply dated methods of flipping houses 10 years too late. Snark aside, some of them are too good. And honestly, most systems aren't designed for us to be in the timely no. 
I guess it's similar to white people being tardy to our trendsetting parties, except we don't benefit financially from the co-opting of our cultural innovation. It's important to point out obvious factors of our delayed engagement, but let's not make excuses for priority choices after and either. Generally speaking, we're working from deficits where many are still the first to graduate college, let alone have close relatives who are doctors, lawyers, and accountants. Institutionally speaking, there are still too many first or first since positions being filled in 2021. While we have a long way to go, there seems to be a more natural network of professionals within our overlapping family circles. Many not solely dependent on traditional education and corporate assimilation for upward mobility, this is a good thing. So after you get a past a few ego-flexing clubhouse moderators, you'll find something of unique value in the crypto landscape. The decentralized market makes it something governments can't easily turn into pyramids of caste inequality. Blockchain technology provides a transparency that doesn't give golf club members power to manipulate handicaps we can't see. It eliminates the advantage of who intercepts crop reports or other little-known variables of Earth, man, and machine. There is no racial, religious, patriarchal, or Masonic messaging on the money. This fishbowl reserve allows us to see the DNA of currency untethered from colonial bloodshed. It's hard to Columbus something that is not in the form of an NFT. So the new frontier is digital, which means newly blazed trails have less highway robbers who are often cops that can select victims based on race. This is why sometimes our appearance of being late in business opportunities really stems from distrust of those who are supposed to keep our money safe. Yeah, we see that steel vault, but there's something all about these people with fancy suits titles, and ledgers that raise concern, making us sleep better, know the money is in the mattress. So investment banks are losing power and leverage privilege of those who are anointed. In this marketplace, licensed bankers are middlemen who no longer serve a justifiable purpose. That alone is a wrecking ball to their old ways of control. More importantly, now when we build Black Wall Street 2.0 and our bootstrap masses, face the violent impulses of white rage, we can still retain our wealth because there is no brick and mortar to bomb, burn, or flood. The disruption is an equal watershed, and the time is now. So that's why the voices of this growing crypto gang are very necessary. The space attracts some passionate uh, personalities to please begin to develop a high tolerance. We can't afford to wait for America to do right by us. Meaningful legislation seems to occur with the frequency of Halley's Comet, and that then they'll spend the same amount of time slowly reversing the progress. Even John Lewis died seeing life achievements for voting rights gutted in one term. That's the, mm, which is why I will have little faith in the actualization of reparations and growing frustrations with the symbolic bones being thrown at us for appeasement. Listen, my sediment is not meant to be little the strides made by those who have paved the way for progress. However, those at negotiating tables and award ceremonies shouldn't be dismissive of other methods to enact substantive change quicker. So I salute the life work of people like Ms. Opoli and the participants of her movement. 
While I question how Juneteenth should be observed, I fully understand the importance of it being federally recognized. It's my understanding that some want to have the same and start the tradition of unifying both independence days by celebrating the June 19th to July 4th. Cool. Maybe during that time, hold on, let me do the quick compound calculation. 1865 minus 1776, there can be an opal coin yielding a 189% annual interest rate just for black people. So I don't know, what do you think? Do you think that crypto independence is the currency for black financial freedom? Let me know down below if you see a very big gap between the income, whether it's in different races or different neighborhoods or whatnot. So comment down below and let me know what you think. All right, let's move on to our main topic today. It's a interesting one. It is called the NFT market collapse. What happened and what can we learn from it? Non-fungible tokens, NFTs, enjoyed a period of growing popularity, but their joy was short-lived. So what can we learn? Well, if you actively follow tech news, you've probably heard of NFTs once or twice in recent months. The idea grew hugely popular over a short period of time taking the market by storm. And while many were excited for the future possibilities surrounding this market, things didn't exactly work out as some were hoping. In the end, the NFT market proved to be a passing trend that eventually ended up collapsing, but it still left us some food for thought. Since it's likely that we'll see a similar concept soon, let's discuss the lessons learned. So how did NFTs take off in the first place? Well, NFTs originated in the realm of blockchain and the same tech that powers popular cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Some people confuse blockchain and cryptocurrencies using the terms interchangeably. Blockchain simply refers to technology that allows users to store a list of records, all connected to each other through cryptographic methods. The final result is that the entire list is verifiable from start to finish and can't be modified without the consent of all participants or more often simply cannot be modified at all. Somebody saw that the idea and realized that it fits well within the art world, specifically around the idea of buying and selling exclusive limited edition art pieces. And so the idea of NFTs were born. The basic concept is that a person can pay for a unique copy of an art piece and that ownership is then verifiable through blockchain records. As a result, only the buyer has the actual rights to the artwork, and this can be publicly verified. People use the technology to trade all kinds of artworks, from pictures and music to more abstract concepts like game assets and even physical products. Nobody seemed to have any issue with the fact that unlike real physical artworks, NFTs did not guarantee exclusive ownership meaning that two people could independently own two separate unique copies of the same piece. So the rise to mainstream media attention. Well, the idea was novel and quickly attracted a lot of attention, including some high-profile celebrities. Nike were rumored to be eyeing the market as well, patenting tech that allowed them to think and link NFTs to real products. But this never really took off. In the span of just a couple of weeks, pretty much all mainstream media outlets were talking about NFTs and painting them as the future of both blockchain and the art world. Transactions started rising in value rapidly. A LeBron James collectible card sold for significant money. Elon Musk eventually joined the NFT crowds too. 
announcing a plan to sell one of his tweets as an NFT. Some were already making big plans around the idea and saw it as a great way to cash in on the current tech trends over the next few years. But speaking of Twitter, CEO Jack Dorsey, who sent their first ever tweet, announced that he was going to sell his content as an NFT. In the end, it sold for $2.9 million to a businessman from Malaysia. So the NFT controversies. Well, in the end, things didn't quite work out as people had expected. NFTs became entangled in some controversies early on, and the concept died out over the next few weeks. ArtStation, one of the most popular digital platforms for artists, faced a lot of backlash over an announcement that they would be integrating NFTs in their own platform. Many people, including a large number of artists, immediately objected to the idea, raising concerns about ownership, theft, and profiting from others' work. The controversy was severe enough that ArtStation eventually retracted their statement, announcing that they've put their plans on hold. Meanwhile, the idea was under attack from another side. Cryptocurrencies were already in hot water over the last couple of years due to growing concerns about their environmental impact. Many have started to voice their displeasure over the idea that so much electricity is being used on verifying transactions, something done much more efficiently in other established networks like credit card processors. Ethereum, which is fundamentally linked to the NFTs, was also one of those cryptocurrencies as, as a result, they started to attack NFTs themselves, as well as their supporters, accusing them of destroying the environment for their own financial gain and entertainment. So the popularity of NFTs kept dying down until the market was proclaimed to be in a state of collapse around the beginning of June. Those who saw the warning signs early on managed to jump ship, but others were not so lucky. The value of NFTs quickly degraded before some could cash out. So was the writing on the wall all along? Well, the dust is still settling on NFTs and their short-lived hype, but many people claim that they saw this coming from a mile away and that the collapse was inevitable. There have been lots of discussion about NFT market rise and fall in the last couple of months and weeks, and some seem firmly convinced that the huge around it and the huge hype and the controversies that followed were largely fabricated to serve the interest of people with resources. Whether that's true is hard to tell, but it's definitely a possibility. We've already seen how volatile the cryptocurrency market can be and how others have successfully manipulated it in the past. So the NFT market collapse, what happens now? NFTs didn't really change anything in the long term. They did, however, teach many people to be more cautious about their investments and to treat volatile markets with greater care. Whether or not a similar idea will emerge is hard to tell. NFTs were a one-of-a-kind thing for the most part. And while it's true that the market for them still exists, it's only vaguely reminiscent of what it used to be. With that in mind, and considering the overall skepticism that has developed around the concept, it's probably not very reasonable to expect something similar to appear anytime soon. So, what do you think about the NFT market collapse? What happened and what can we learn from it? Comment down below if you or a friend or someone that you know has invested in NFTs. And let me know down below if you think that that NFT that you bought or they bought is going to generate some income or revenue in the near future or 10 years from now. Because a lot of those art collectors or 
collectible cards or memes or gifts. Maybe they might be really uh, expensive, might gain a lot of revenue, might gain a lot of income when you sell it in the future. All right. So before we finish off today, let's take a look at the prices one last time. At number one, we got BTC at $34,341. Ethereum at number two, $2,285. Tether, $1. Binance Coin, $300.44. Cardano at number five, $1.42. Dogecoin, $0.24. Cents. XRP, $0.67. Cents. USD Coin at $1. Polkadot at $15.61. And last but not least, number 10, Uniswap, $20.36. So there you guys have it. Thank you again for reaching it to this end of the Crypto Take video or podcast. Again, please like, share, subscribe to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. If you have any suggestions, recommendations, or requests, please message me or you could comment down below and I'll try my best to accommodate and see if I can get some updates or news around your request. Again, I want to say thank you to all my supporters. Everywhere around the world, I've been getting a lot of messages saying thank you and keep up the good work. It does give me the motivation to keep on going. So thank you very much. All right. That's it for Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Thank you again. Have a great crypto day and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.